Thank you for listening to the teaching podcast of Muncie First Church. If you would like to know more about us, go to MuncieFirstChurch.com. Or if you would like to support a ministry, go to the giving page, MuncieFirstChurch.com slash give. Well, let's jump into the teaching from this last week. Yeah, if you came this morning and you said, man, I just came here to get fed, you're probably going to go home hungry. just going to tell you that. Because you eat at home, you come here for dessert. That's what church is about, you know. It's like going to the Cheesecake Factory for, you know, your regular diet. You know, you just end up fat, but not worth much, you know. And uh, I love the church. I am a churchman. I was taught by my dad years ago that the church mattered. It's one thing he did really well. Uh, I mowed the pastor's yard since I was a little kid. Always loved the pastors. And it's real easy, it's real easy to get discouraged these days. Uh, But I want to tell you that God is in charge and he is leading and we're going to trust him right now. I'm going to trust him. But I'm going to tell you right now that if you're coming here and expecting me to feed you, you're going to get hungry. I'll do my best to preach good sermon, but that's not enough. It just isn't enough. It just isn't enough. Uh, man, I, I've been feasting. You know, I've been eating His Word. Uh, I'm so full right now from all that that it's amazing. But I can't give that to you. And I can't cook a good enough meal for you. Only the Lord can do that. So I just hope you understand that. I want to talk to you a little bit about His presence today because I want to talk about living in the Lord's presence because that's what I'm talking about when I tell you that that I can't feed you. You have to live in His presence. It's got to be an ongoing thing all the time. So I want to talk about that. I read this this week and it says, until Jesus becomes the center of our devotion, He's really just another distraction. Let that sink in for a minute. Because right now, let me back up and say something. There's nobody here today that doesn't need to hear what I'm going to say. Okay? So, so, you know, go, well, that's just ideal stuff. He's just, you know what, right now, If you're alive and breathing air, you need to hear what I'm going to say today. This is not out there Christianity. This is normal Christianity. That's one thing Pastor Rob that was here for Revival kept saying, this is normal Christianity. This is normal Christianity, okay? You need to be doing this. If you call yourself a Christian, you've got to start living this out. So it says, until Jesus becomes the center of our devotion, he's really just another distraction. But when Jesus becomes central in our life, the story of the world begins to fade into the background. And when we seek His kingdom and His righteousness, we happily discover how the world was supposed to work. Until then, faith is something we salute. Church is a place we go on Sunday, maybe, and life consists in doing everything in our power to make our agenda work, building our own little kingdoms, and generally justifying whatever seems right in our own eyes. That just was like, wow this week when i read that 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 was that was tough that was tough for me father right now as we begin together i pray that you will just eliminate all distractions that right now your holy spirit will begin to speak and move in this place that right now you'll begin to teach and talk to my heart as well as to all that are here that anyone who has a a problem and a frustration with me would forget that and because that it's not me speaking it's your holy spirit speaking that anyone who has maybe struggled with God this week, that they'll hear you speak to them and feel your love 
and that this morning that the presence of God will just move in this place. We set you free to have your way. Right now, Lord, if you want to just stop everything, it's yours. So we just present it all to you right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 36 years ago, or actually about 35 years ago, I was one self-centered guy. I, I focused on me and Darcy, mostly on me. I mean, I'm just confessing right now. That was about it. No one else mattered much in my life. And then something significant happened that changed everything. I want you to hear about it. Uh, May 17th, 1984, this little boy was born into our life. His name was John Thomas Dill. And it changed my life. Anybody here experienced that before in your life? You were one self-centered dude. You were walking around doing life. And all of a sudden, everything changes. He cried and we ran and changed his diaper. We fed him. I came home from work. The first thing I wanted to do was to run and see him. He cried in the middle of the night, and we got up, and we went and took care of him. And I'm telling you, back then, sleep was different than it is right now. Now when I get up, you know, it's almost a relief at times because, you know, it just isn't as comfortable as it used to be. Back then, sleep was something that you did with a vengeance, and he woke us up. I've never slept right since he was born. I'm kind of holding a grudge against him all of a sudden here. That's another story. We went someplace, he pre we prepared for his needs. I mean, we didn't go anywhere without a big old bag of stuff. You can relate to that, can't you, Brooke? <laughs> uh, you know, as he grew older, we were aware of where he was at and what he was doing and never, ever let him out of our sight completely. Our lives begin to be focused on the person and the presence of John Thomas Dill. In that same way, we are to live our lives constantly focusing on the presence of God. That's how we're supposed to be with God. That is exactly how we're supposed to be. It's what we were made for. We were made to be in intimate relationship to Jesus. That's, that's all I can say about that. You were made for that intimate, close, personal, ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me ask you a question this morning. Are you and, and hear me, this is for everybody, so if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss out on this, and it's a real shame. Are you in true, intimate relationship with God right now? And you are the only one who can answer that question. I can sit here and say, I assume most of you are followers of Jesus, and that's good, but I want to know, are you in intimate, close relationship with God? See, we were made to live in and minister in the presence of God. That's the first thing. Right up front, I want to just say that this morning. You were made to live and to minister in the presence of God. So I'm asking God for one thing. It says here in the Bible, in Psalm 27, David's writing and he says this. I'm asking God for one thing and only one thing. To live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. That's out of the message. Psalm 27, 4, what David's saying is, God, I want one thing, and that's to live with you. I want to be in relationship to you. I just want to live in your presence all the time. Every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I want you to be the center of everything that I do. Because, see, we were made to minister to God. That's what you were made for. You were made for Him. You were made to be in His presence all the time. That's what we're doing that's what we were doing for John when he was a little boy. We were ministering to John. We were caring about his needs. We were making sure that his life was, was taken care of. His life consumed our lives. It consumed him. 
It became what it was all about. We were made to minister, to be available, to respond to God, to be consumed by God in all and in every situation. You are invited to live in His presence all the time. Not, not just when you come to church and not just on an occasion when things get tough at home and you're struggling with something, but God has called you, invited you to come live in His presence 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, no matter what is going on around you. His life should consume yours. Remember the story of Mary and Martha? They were uh, Jesus was traveling, and, and, and let me just read it to you out of Luke chapter 10. As they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all of her preparations, and she came up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many good things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which should not be taken away from her. See, Martha was so busy preparing for Jesus that she forgot to enjoy and being with Jesus. Kind of like when everybody comes over for Christmas. Anybody ever done that before? You're getting ready for Christmas, you've got the house all decorated, you're cooking all the good food. You know, there's one good thing about the cold weather that's coming right now. It's going to be the holidays, and there's going to be pumpkin pie, and there's going to be good food soon. And I'm just counting on it. Other than that, I can't think of one good thing about this weather. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, Mary and Martha invited Jesus over. It's kind of like Christmas at your house. You know, you're getting ready, and everything's going, and you're getting everything all set up, and it looks good, and you're so excited, and you're working, and you're working, and you're working, and the guests come, and you're working, and you're working, and you're working, and the guests go, and you go, I missed it. At our house, Unfortunately, i got to confess to this, that Darcy's not in all the pictures like I am. It's not her fault, it's mine. I need to do more to help her. But, you know, she's worked so many years at times at the, in the kitchen working, trying to get, take care of everything, that at times her picture doesn't appear with the rest of us because she's not in the room. She misses it. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mary, she decided not to do that. She said, I'm going to take time to be with Jesus. He's more important than getting ready for him. And so she went and spent time with Jesus. And Martha missed it. As we spend time with Jesus, contemplating the goodness of God, we're moved towards Him. We begin to worship Him, enjoy His passion. Something begins to happen in our lives. See, a lot of us are coming here, and we sing these incredibly great songs. I don't know if you're listening to the words of those songs. but Those are amazing. Nathan does good stuff. He picks out good songs and he leads us in a, in a meaningful way. That, that's not just singing. That's being led in such a beautiful way. It's awesome. But here's the deal. Most of us, we just sing them and we're going, well, that's a nice song. And the reason for that is because you're not spending the time contemplating who Jesus really is. You're not understanding who the good, what the goodness of God really is about. And so we're not moved with joy. When we are really filled with the presence of God, when we've listened, when we've let that sink into our hearts and we come in here ready, when we've been worshiping all week, when we've been spending time with Jesus all week, when we've been in his presence all week and we walk in here and that first song starts, we go, woohoo, and we begin to celebrate. It should be a celebration in here. You know, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later on, but I, I know some things. I know that when a celebrity walks in a room that you love, 
you lose all dignity. I've seen some of you. I've been around others. Oh, Brad Pitt. Ooh. And he's a Christian now. Woo. <laughs> Run to him. You know, I mean, that's, it just, it, it's just the way we are. We're made like that, right? Have you ever been with somebody that you hang out with, and the more you hang out with them, the more you're with them, the more you want to be with them? Or maybe, maybe you're excited about the movie The Joker. Anybody seen it yet? I don't, I don't know, just a few of you. Or maybe you're excited about Jurassic World, you know, or maybe just Aladdin. I, I saw that. Yeah. And you watch the movies and you like Joaquin Phoenix or Chris Pratt or Will Smith, and they're your, your guy. And you love those movies, and you can't wait for the next one to come out. And one day you're at the airport. Has anybody ever had this happen? You're at the airport and you see one of those kind of people walking across. Maybe Will Smith goes across and you lose all control because you just think he's the greatest thing and you run him down and you're grabbing him all, shaking his hand. Oh, I just want you. You're, the, you're making a fool of yourself because, I mean, it's Will Smith. And the more of his movies you see, the more you want to see him. It's kind of like that with God. That's my point. The more we know of God, the more we begin to see his goodness, the more we begin to experience his love in our lives. And I don't mean just talking about it, but experiencing it. And you experience it at home, and you experience it at work, and you experience it out there. I'm not talking about what takes place in here. I love coming here. The testimonies, that's what it's all about, man. When I hear that, I'm going, yes, yes, this is it. But this is the dessert, like I was saying. When I'm out there and I'm experiencing God all the time, when I'm out there and I see his goodness, when I'm out there and I see his love being lived out, when I'm out there and I experience him and I get to know him and he consumes me and, and my day is spent seeking him and living in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and living in fellowship with him all the time, in relationship with people, I experience him. In work, I experience him. In play, I experience him. In what I watch, on TV even, or on the movies, I'm watching it, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me even from that. Then what happens is, is that I'm changed. It's different. When I walk in here, all of a sudden, I just want to just praise the Lord all the time. First John said, what we've seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. First John 1, 3. I don't have a cold I have a sawdust problem. I was helping my son build a deck yesterday, and I inhaled enough sawdust that now it's trying to go the other way. And so I'm just wiping my nose all the time. <laughs> and I'm running out of Kleenex, so if I wipe my nose on my arm, I'm in Indiana, so it's okay. I promise not to go any further than wiping it on my arm. So anyway, some of you understand. But when we spend time with Jesus, and we want to spend more time with him, then prayer begins to cake on. Thank you, Al. I appreciate it. This is a man right here. You can always count on him. There's a churchman right there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when I spend time with Jesus and, and when I'm with him, then I want to spend time in prayer. Prayer becomes a, a reality that's not something I have to do. It's something I want to do. I mean, I can't begin to tell you how much more time that I've begun to feel, man, God, you know, I just want to spend more time with you. I mean, when we gather together now on Wednesday nights, it's not like, oh man, Wednesday night. It's like, man, yes, Wednesday night we can spend more time with Jesus. 
Every morning I get up and I go into my little room that I've created at home and I got a desk and a big old Bible and a bunch of books and I'm sitting in there and I put my blanket over my feet because they're always cold even in the summer. And I sit in there because Darcy runs air conditioning too cold. And so I sit in there and, and I, I sit there and I say, Lord, help me. And he begins to teach me out of his word. It's amazing. In the creative endeavors that we try to do, even building a deck yesterday with my son, I was sitting there praising the Lord for, for that opportunity and for the gifts that he's given to us. And singing to him when we sing here in church or when I'm singing in the car by myself, it doesn't matter where it sounds exactly the same because I can't hear anything but me. But man, it's awesome. When I'm with my family, when I'm at work, it doesn't matter with friends. When I'm in nature, I hear God speaking to me all the time in fellowship with him. That's the way it should be, in his presence. Our day is spent with Him and seeking after Him more and more all the time. That should be it. More, God, more. I want to see you more. I want to be with you more. You are what matters to me. The real truth is this, that God created this earth and His temple as His temple to dwell in with you. That's why He created all this. This was all created for you to live in. And then He said, I'm going to dwell with you in this place. He desires that, you know, God desires to be with you more than you have any idea about. And I'm not just saying that because everybody says that. That's truth. That's what the Scripture teaches us, that God desires to be with you. His whole, read the Old Testament. It's the story of Him begging His people to listen so that He can be with them. He's chosen us. The problem is, is there's sin in the world, and God cannot, will not be able to dwell where there is sin. So to seek his presence, we have to deal with the sin in our lives. Right now, if you've got sin in your life, then the presence of God is moving away from you. It's not that God doesn't love you. Sometimes we think that, oh, I've sinned and now God's mad. It's not like that at all. God's not mad at you. God just can't dwell with sin. You have to deal with the sin so God's presence can be with you all the time. That's why it's so important. That's why holiness matters. Because we want the presence of God all the time, no matter what. The Bible says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, that you are not your own, for you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. Second thing is this, God delights in you and me. He delights in you and me. And He has, from the very beginning of time, desires to be with us. He's desired us from the beginning. I remember when our son was born, going back to John a little bit, I remember how much he delighted me. I couldn't believe it. I had a son, something I dreamed about. That was so awesome. I remember the first time we saw him, you know, he's just so, so cool looking, you know, and I was like, where's the baby? Because he was 10 pounds and four ounces, you know. He's like, dude, isn't he supposed to be little? You know, and he never was. You know, and now he's like 6'3", 6'4", 260 pounds, you know. He never did get small. You know, but but I delighted in him. I delighted in him still. Even from the beginning, when all he did was cry and spit up on you and puke in your face and and need his diaper changed, I delighted in him. Even when he was 18 years old and was absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> I delighted in him. I just did. See, God created the earth as a temple, a dwelling place for us to live with him. Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the evening with God. The Bible talks about that. There was fellowship. It was a, 
It was a place for them to worship and to be with God. Worship didn't mean singing songs, sitting in church. It meant walking with him and spending time with him and and looking at his creation and naming his creation and all that was worship of God and, and they were doing that with him. He created us, he delighted in us. Ephesians 4, 4 through 5 says that God will still desires us in spite of all we've done. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. Holy and blameless here means we're put into a condition that enables a perfect God to live in relationship to us. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. So God dwelt with sin through, or God dealt with sin, I should say, through Jesus Christ so that he could live with us. That's why he sent Jesus, to forgive you of sin so that you could live with him because he wants our presence, he wants us to be in his presence. So we must focus our thoughts on him because we know he loves us and he desires us. That should become number one for us. God loves me, he desires me. I want to be with God. It just should be an automatic. James 4.8 says, as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And, and, you know, we need to hear that. We need to understand that, that God is doing everything he can to draw us into his presence. He desires us. He delights in you. I had someone this week tell me, I'd like to come to church, but I'm just not worth it. I'm not worthy. I've done too much wrong. <sighs> Broke my heart. A wonderful woman. She's a sweet person. And I know what she's done because she's talked to me in depth and she just feels like she can't do anything and like she's just done too much wrong. And I sat her down and I said, listen to me. God delights in you. He loves you so much. He doesn't care right now. He just wants to forgive you. He wants to take care of that so that you can be in his presence all the time. He just delights in you. I'm telling you, there were days when Stephen and John absolutely frustrated me to death. They did some of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. I know I never did those things. I was way better than that. But man, they just, anybody else's kids just frustrate you that you thought, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to have to hurt them. I'm just going to have to hurt them. You know, I'm sorry I brought you in the world almost. I mean, and yet, and yet you looked at them later and you just delight in them. And it doesn't matter. None of the things they've ever done has changed the fact that they're my children and that I just absolutely delight in them. And when people tell me they're not that good, I just look at those people and say, you know how wrong you are. Because those are some awesome boys. Third thing is this, we purposefully cultivate a hunger and desire for God and His manifest presence. Following the analogy of the birth of our son John after he was born, I, I pursued time with him. I, I remember doing that. You know, it was, it was a hassle now. You had a car seat. It wasn't as bad as it is now, you know, but it was bad enough. And you had to have a car seat. You had to have a diaper bag. Had, but I took him with me anyway. I inconvenienced myself because I wanted to be with him. And I remember going home and I would sit down on the couch to watch a baseball or football game and I would grab that little dude. He had no idea what was going on. And I'd put him in my lap and we'd watch the game together because I wanted to be with him and I wanted time with him. Now, I took him to the motorcycle shop, you know, the important things. And I read books to him. Darcy and I, I remember sitting and reading, reading until I have some of them memorized and they won't go away. And I purposefully 
worked at building the relationship with him and having experiences with him. It wasn't enough to just have his presence in my house. I was thankful for that. It was always nice to know that he was there. But I wanted time with him. I wanted to experience. I wanted to do life with John. I wanted his manifest presence. See, we have the presence of God in our house all the time. Anytime that you're filled with the Holy Spirit at at salvation, you begin to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's a wonderful thing. We can say, well, yeah, the presence of God is here today because he's here. But you know what? I want more than that. I want his manifest presence. I want to experience him. I want to see him work. I want to see him do things. I want to experience him changing not only my life, but the life of my friends. And we should be purposefully working at experiencing the Holy Spirit. You purposefully work on developing relationships and friendships with the people in your life. Those of you who are married know what I'm talking about. You purposefully sought after that person until they became your wife, husband, etc. When you have friends that you hang out with, you have purposefully sought after those friendships. You worked at it. You didn't just say, boy, I'd like to have a friend and sit back and wait. Those of you who do that are pretty lonely right now. To be a friend, you have to be a friend. You know That means you pursue friendship. That's what that means. When we want God, and when we say we want to experience God, then we got to pursue that. It's not enough to say, well, I, yeah, I want God in my life, and it just doesn't seem to be happening. That's because you're not pursuing it. Right now, if you're sitting there saying, well, I'm not growing spiritually, that's not his fault. It's not the church's fault. It's your fault. You have to pursue God. you got to work at it. I can tell you right now that I have gone into coast mode before in my spiritual life, and guess what I got for that? Nothing. Bored. If you want to experience God, then pursue God. Pursue Him like you do money. Pursue Him like you have pleasure. Pursue Him like you did your wife or your husband. Pursue Him with everything you've got, and you will find Him. Seek me with all your heart. He said, and you will find me. We have to be purposeful. We have to be open to a deepening awareness of the presence of God in our lives so that we carry his presence for the sake of the world. The reason why it's so important for you to be so close to the presence of God is because you're going to go out into the world. You're going to go out in the world and you're going to tell him, oh, I'm a Christian. But if you don't have the presence of God upon you, you don't seem to be different. And they go, well, so what? But when you go out in the presence, when you go out in the world and the presence of God is all over you, and you begin to throw out those and the, the feelings begin to happen, they begin to see the presence of God in you, they're going, wow, something's different about that guy. That's why it's so important that we have the presence of God with us. But as for me, Psalm 73, 28, but as for me, the nearness of God is my uh, uh, is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. For all of his fullness we have all received in grace upon grace, John 1, 16. We're invited. It's our privilege to know God in a face-to-face encounter. I set aside time for John. Nothing else could ever take his place. I could have other friends. I could do other things. I enjoyed those. But my sons matter. Yesterday, when Stephen called me and said, can you help me with my deck? You know, if any of you had called me and said, can you help me? I might have thought about it. I might have given you a little time. I was there from 9 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night. 
I was cold. I had sawdust up my nose. And he didn't feed me all that well. But I did it because I love him. Because he's my son. And I care about him more than anything. Nothing else takes his place. We are to allow nothing to come between us and God. Nothing. If God is not closer to you than anything else, then you have things in the way. We have to set aside anything we sense has become more important than being in the presence of God. If you're doing things and you're saying, oh, but it's so important, it's, it takes up my time. I don't have time. You need to get rid of it. God's important. He's most important. He's it. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added as well. It's seek Him first, not seek the other things, and He'll be added as well. We got that backwards. We are being transformed into the image of God. Spirit, now, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. When we're connected to Christ, we're filled with joy and peace. We become fearless and we're empowered to take risks for the sake of the kingdom. And we begin to look and sound and act and be a lot like Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Are you purposefully set aside any time to be with God? I mean purposefully setting it aside. You know, one thing I learned, I read a book this summer. It talks about living your life um, not out of routine, but, but, but setting up a, a way of doing things that you live by all the time. And, and, you know, like, for instance, some people, like Steve Jobs, he only wore black. And the reason he did that is because he didn't have to stand in front of the closet and look at his clothes and go, what do I want to wear today? They all looked exactly the same. So he didn't have to worry about it. You know, some of you ladies, just a hint. I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but, you know, time-wise, it might be a little bit of a savings right there, you know. Um, some people eat the same food every day. The, on Monday it's this, on Tuesday it's this, on Wednesday it's this, on Thursday it's this, and they have it all figured out. That's all done. Well, I kind of learned that about life on some things. I don't do it this, that extreme, but I'm going to tell you something, is that when I get out of bed, I have a way of doing things, and I know what's going to be next. You know, I have to get up, I grab a glass of water, I take a drink, I go in, and I uh, get the dog out of the cage, and he goes for his run. I grab a little piece of cheese, I throw it in the microwave and I start it until it starts to melt a little bit, throw his pill in that because he won't eat it unless I do that. And I toss that into his food. He comes back in, I let him in, he goes in and gets his pill because if he doesn't, he gets lethargic and his hair falls out. And so, uh, you know, it's important. And so we do that. And, and, then, and then I make coffee because you can't function without coffee. And so you get coffee going, right? And so we get our coffee going and we get that all rolling along. And then after I get the coffee done, then I head into my room and I grab the Bible and I lay it down and then I spend the next hour and I'm reading and I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord for the day and I don't let anything, hardly anything ever has interrupted. I mean, it, I'm not saying it never has. You know, if there's an emergency and one of you called and said, hey, you know, you know this is happening, church on fire, I'm probably interrupting, come over. But, but very few things will stop me from doing that because that matters to me to have that time with Jesus. Purposeful time. Time that I get to know Him. Time that has changed me. Time that I enjoy Him where we hang out together and get the day started together. Not just going to church. Not, not just saying I know Him, but 
spending time intimately letting him speak into my heart and tell me how much he loves me and how much he cares for me. And I hear from him. Fourth thing is this, our lifestyle is to recognize God's presence continually and to minister out of that presence to others. One day John was in a Sunday school class in our first church at, at Crystal Lake and, and, and uh, the teacher told me this later, she said that they were talking about people that do things that kind of irritate you and upset you and he raised his hand and he said, my dad calls those people clowns. A proud moment for me. Uh, I was like, wow. <laughs> he listens to nothing else I ever say but that, you know, and he, he heard that. But I say that to you to say that John was hanging around with me. He was getting to know me. And when he got to know me, he was saying to others what he heard his papa father say. So, good or bad, our kids are listening and they're hearing. And when we are around our father, we begin to hear what he's saying. And then we begin to tell other people what our father is saying to us. See, the reason a lot of you don't know what to say in the situation where you're with friends and they ask you about something, you're going, well, I don't know. Well, it's because you haven't listened to your father. You haven't spent time next to dad where he can tell you. I've, you know, I've told you the stories about my father. You know, it wasn't always an easy relationship, but I'll tell you what, man, there's a lot of stuff in life I can do because of him, because I just hung around him all the time and it just learned a lot of stuff. Well, there's a lot of things in life that I'm learning as I hang around with my father, God. He's teaching me so much. John was hanging around and getting to know me, and he was saying what he heard me say. I need to begin to say what my father's saying, and to do that, I have to hang around with him. Jesus, therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He Himself is doing, and the Father will show Him greater works than these so that you will marvel. John 5, 19 and 20. Every part of life is sacred and meant to be holy. There is nothing that is going on around you that is not sacred and holy. See, what I'm talking about today and what we're trying to get you to understand is, is that this isn't about going to heaven. Heaven's a reward. But this isn't about going to heaven. This is about kingdom. We're set apart in this world to live for kingdom and for the kingdom's sake. And every part of us is to be used for God and for the kingdom of God. Every part of us is to be for Him. We do not live in the false mindset of a divided world, a world that is sacred and secular. That's not the way the world works. It's all sacred. It's His. This is His world. And therefore, everything in it is sacred. Some of it's been distorted, and there's things about it that we go, hmm, that doesn't look very sacred, but the reality is, is it is sacred. God created it, okay? And, and we should not live in that false mindset of sacred and secular. God values and is involved in every area of your life. Every area. The Holy Spirit lives in you and lives through us so that everything we do and everything we say is spiritual and sacred. He's living in us. That's the main reason why we do some things and we say no to other things. It's not because they're secular, but just because they don't honor God. And this is His world. The Bible says we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we <coughs> heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love of which you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. 
of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Uh, Colossians 1, 3 through 6. And for everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected. It is received with gratitude, for it is sanctified by means of the word of God in prayer. 1 Timothy 4. So let me wrap this up a little bit. It's absolutely essential that we live only, that we live daily and hourly, moment by moment in the presence of God, if we're going to make any tangible and appreciable difference in this world. That's the first thing. And so as I summarize that, it's absolutely essential. We live daily and hourly, moment by moment in the presence of God, if we're going to make any appreciable difference in this world. Second thing is this, to live in the presence of God, we have to choose to do so intentionally. It's just got to be an intent. We purposefully cultivate a hunger and a thirst for God. We've got to. We have to seek the presence. We have to deal with the sin in our lives. We can't just say, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. It's always a big deal. Sin, the reason sin is so big is it pushes God away. I don't want God away. I want God here. And the only way to do that is to get rid of all the other stuff that's in the way. Third thing is this, the number one way we seek God's presence is through the Word and prayer. If you're not spending time in the Word and prayer, then I wonder what you're doing. Why is it so important? What are you doing that's so important that you don't need God in your life? Because that's how we find God. Fourth thing is this, we're all created and made to live and minister in the presence of and through the power of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God should affect how we do life, how we speak, how we act how you love. It's amazing. Fifth, when we take time to regularly be with Jesus, He becomes our passion. Uh, You know, uh, passion happens from time with. You're never going to be passionate about Jesus until you start spending time with Him. When you start spending time with Jesus, you're going to wonder why in the world you can't have more time with Him. (laughs) It just works that way. Sixth, our bodies are being joined together to be the dwelling place of the presence of God on this earth. I, I, I want you to understand that, that, that you and that God has, has selected us to live in. He is creating a place. Uh, N.T. Wright says that, that God is in the process right now of creating an intersection, a place where, where man and God can live together and that the world, because of sin, has become un, uninhabitable for him. And so on earth, he creates special places. And that's what the Old Testament was about. The, the temple and the, and the tabernacle were about creating a space where God could come and dwell among his people. And it was a perfect place. And that's why he was so intent. And when you read all the Leviticus and, and Numbers and all that stuff, you see how they were supposed to make the tabernacle or the temple uh, it's so ornate and so perfect and everything had to be a certain way. It's because God was going to dwell there and God's perfection demands that. And so now where is he going to dwell on earth? Where's that intersection at? And that intersection is in your heart. It's in your life. It's in the church. When we, the church, gather. See, it's not just one person either. You know, it is one person in the sense that when I'm saved and created, uh, recreated by God and, and reborn, I, I, the Holy Spirit comes to live in me. But then I am to join together with Derek and I'm to join together with Brandy and Trent and all the others. And we lock arms together. And we become a church and we're a community now. And while we're a community, then the Holy Spirit dwells within that community. And we are the holy space that he's creating here on earth for him to dwell, that temple for us to dwell in. That's, that's out of First Peter. 
It's amazing. And that's why he wants our presence. It's always so important for us to seek the presence of God. God chooses you. He delights in you and always has desired to be with you. I want you to know that right now. Seven, that was number seven. Number eight, we have to choose to remain and to allow nothing to come between us and God. Nothing. It's a choice. If you're ever going to make a difference in this world, we'll do everything we do out of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's number 10. That's it. Nothing else. So let me ask you right now, as we wrap this part up, are you seeking to live in the presence of God right now? Or are you just kind of going through the motions? Well, I'm a Christian. I go to church and I try not to swear too much and I try not to do something I shouldn't once in a while, but you know, really, I'm just kind of busy. I'm going to tell you, there'll be a day come when you're going to sit there in church and you're going to go, man, you know what? I'm not getting much out of this. And then you're going to leave. You're going to go somewhere else. You're going to say, maybe I'll find it here, but it's not going to happen there. It's only going to happen if you deal with it in your heart and you seek the presence of God. I'm telling you something. Even if the church is the worst place on earth and you're going to a place where they don't have good music, but the presence of God is there, you'll be there, and you'll want to be there. And the reason the presence of God will be there is because you bring him with you. God doesn't inhabit this building. I'm in here during the day. He doesn't inhabit this. Sometimes it actually feels a little about the opposite when it's dark and you're the only one in here. It's weird. But when this place is full of his people who are seeking the presence of God, it changes everything. He inhabits this place. It's amazing. It's amazing. Have you dealt with sin in your life? That's the next question. Have you dealt with sin in your life? Right now, is there sin in your life? Is there things in your life that you haven't dealt with? And I don't mean gross sin. I'm not asking you, have you murdered somebody and haven't confessed it? Man, if you have, you need to deal with that. But, but if you haven't done that, I mean, have you allowed sin to be in your heart? And by sin, I mean, have you allowed just casual Christianity? Just who cares? It doesn't matter that much. God understands. I'm not talking about what, you know, don't eat certain things or don't drink. That, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not sin. I'm talking about are you ignoring or letting things get in between you and God that's pushing you away from the presence of God? Because that's what I'm talking about. That's the sin in our lives that so easily besets us. We allow things to get in between us and we say, God, I, I love you, but, 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 and the next thing you know. The next thing is this, have you made God's presence your priority? I mean, where you seek God more than you seek anything else. You know, right now, there are people who will complain, except not today because the Colts aren't playing, but any other time they say, well, the Colts start early and, you know, we need to get done. I mean, that's a problem. You know, I love the Colts as much as anybody. Anybody here think you're a better sports fan than I am? You're nuts. I mean, I love sports. I, I follow statistics in sports. I follow the games. I love football, baseball golf, uh, what else, basketball, Darcy will tell you. She hates it, and she goes, what in the world's wrong with you? She just thinks I'm nuts. But, you know, I, I love sports, but you know what? None of it matters. None of it matters. I want the presence of God. I never see another football game, so. But if I miss the presence of God, I've missed it all. 
This is at the core of what it means to be a believer and a follower of Jesus. This is it right here, this thing. This is the core. This is our fourth core value, that, that we are going to seek the presence of God, period. Seek the presence. Seek the presence of God. When Jesus was, um, when Jesus was know, knew that his time had come and that he would be soon going to be with his father, he knew his crucifixion was coming up. He, it was Passover, and he, he decided to meet with his disciples one last time for Passover, and he had Peter and the others go, and they prepared the room, and then Jesus gathered with them. And they came together, and they sat in his presence. They just spent an evening in his presence. And uh, while he was in the presence with his disciples, he did something that is so significant because he took the Passover feast and turned it into something for us. He took the bread out of the wherever they had it and he picked it up and he said, this is my body. And then he said, it'll be broken for you. And he broke it in half. And he took pieces and he gave it to them and he said, eat it. And remember me when you do it. Let the words experience my presence deeply. Take it inside you till the presence of God becomes your reality. Picked up the glass. Full of wine, red, looked like blood. And Jesus said, this is my, my blood. And it's going to be poured out. I'm going to die. And when I die, my blood will run out. And it did. He died on a cross. His blood ran out. When he died, they stuck a spear in his side so that the blood would run out and it all ran out. And he said, this is for your forgiveness, for the forgiveness of your sin. Why did he do that? Because he wanted to be with you. Because when sin is no more, then God can come and live with us. That changes everything. So today we're going to take communion together. Because we're going to experience his presence in that way. I'm going to pray, and as I pray, I invite Pastor Ian and Karen to come up, and they're going to serve communion together today. They're going to do it right over here and over here. And you can just come up and, and go through it together. I encourage you to do it as communities. You know, bring two or three friends with you and do it all together. Don't do it one at a time. Just bring people around you and do it. Because that's how it works. You know, we're not in this by ourselves. Father, right now, I just thank you and I praise you for your presence. For so many years, Lord, I've prayed that I despised your presence. I pushed you away. Felt like you were going to interfere with my good times. Stop me from doing the things that I wanted to do. God, I ask you to forgive me for that. Because you love us so much and you want us to have those good times but Lord you want to spend them with us you want to be in those places with us you want to be in our midst all the time you love to be in our presence with us as much as we need you you love us Lord we don't want anything to be in the way so that the presence can't be there we want you to forgive us right now Lord if there's anybody here who can say that, man, there's some things in my life that I need to take care of. There's some attitudes. There's some things that I'm dealing with. There's some places in my life that I just haven't given God full control over. 
and I don't want sin to stop me from being in your presence, then Lord, help them right now to just begin to say, I'm sorry, and to begin to make things right. If there's anyone they need to forgive, if there's anyone they need to love that they're not loving, if there's anything at all, Lord, right now, just take care of that in Jesus' name. And then, Lord, I pray right now that you would just be with each one of us, and as we come up here, Lord, may your grace just be revealed to us as we take the bread and as we dip it into the blood and as we eat it we're reminded of all that you've done and lord may your grace just be overwhelming this is a means of grace a way in which you show us your love lord may your love just become so apparent to us just so apparent to us that we that we're overwhelmed by it lord and if and if you speak to our hearts lord take away our dignity take away our desire to make everybody think we're okay because we're not okay the only reason we're here is because of you and lord just fill us with your presence this morning just do in us whatever you choose to do. Lord, I pray right now for those who are serving it. Lord, bless them. Lord, may this be an special blessing in their life as they serve those who come up. May they experience your peace and your joy and your hope in ways that they never have your presence, Lord, your presence. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We ask everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please come on up and, and uh, come as you can. Bring some friends. Well, my prayer is, is that the presence of God will go with you. It's not enough to say, hey, we need it. We need to go practice it. And put this into practice. He's inside of us. He lives with us. He loves you. He loves me so much. He loves this church. And he wants to be with you all the time. So go in his presence. Go in his love. In Jesus' name. Don't forget board members to meet me. Amen. <laughs>